I get buckets. And welcome to Blue Wire Buckets. This is Samus Fandiari from the Light Years Podcast. And I have Jason Pat from Cash Considerations and Mo Dockhill from a podcast to be named later. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to name it that now. <laughs> yeah, we should. A lot of things to talk about, but I think I think it's pretty obvious what game we're going to start with. So, uh, game time. It's a real thing. <laughs> I mean... We should kind of just tell the listeners. I mean, we literally are recording right after that game, so we're all kind of caught up in that. Uh, that was a hell of a shot. It was wild shit. I mean, just because that was a crazy game, just in general. All the all the, all the other games tonight were kind of awful, and then this one to close it out. Uh, looked like the Blazers were going to pull away, and the Thunder went on a huge run. The Thunder were up like fifteen in the middle of the fourth quarter, uh, and then. Blazers going a huge run and then a 40 footer in Paul George's grill. Like I was, I was like, Dan was just dribbling the clock down. I was like, what are you doing, dude? What, what the hell are you doing? Pulls from 40 feet in his face. And then he waves goodbye. Just see the whole Dame, like Russ, like back and forth this entire series. It was, it was awesome to watch. And Dave, Dave what he ended with 50 tonight, right? That gave him 50. The, the last that, bucket. that put him 50 on the night. Yeah. 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 50 points on, what was it? He had 10 threes, 73 shooting. Just, absolutely insane game just and this is the i think this is the second time he's what, what year was that was he ended the rocket was it the rockets he beat like in like 2012 2013 it was 2014 so like the, it was yeah. exactly yeah. five years ago um actually i don't know that it was on this day so i don't know if it's exactly but the, the point is um yeah I, and i thought um so we should, should we should walk it back like okc i don't know that they could have played a better game than they played i was actually impressed with their poise the whole way through I mean, they were up 15 in the fourth. Like yeah. it's not, you know, on, on two different occasions. So it's not a matter of like, you know, this was back and forth and just Portland happened to have it the, the last, the last shot, but it was just one of those things where down the stretch, they kind of blew it. Paul George misses two big free throws, you know, then uh, they had a, they had a turnover out of a timeout. They've, they just kind of kept, you know, screwing it up and screwing it up. And then, you know, Gosh, it just happened. Did, did Russ miss a shot at the end? Or he did. Or got a turnover. Yeah, he, he missed the driving he, shot. He missed the layup, right? He missed the layup. And then and then they come down the court. And, you know, something that was really kind of key was, you know, Portland went two for one right away. Yeah, you know, Dame. I out the play before, Dame drives straight to the lane and gets a layup to tie it up. And I, the first thing I thought was like, wow, there's they're going to get the last shot. That was the first thing I thought after that layup. And then, you know, then the sequence <laughs> just happened. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely crazy. I, and to the Thunder now, this is two straight years with Russ and Paul George going out in the first round. Like, and Russ was awful in this series. Like, he had the one, the one game they won. Like, he had a really nice game, but like, yeah, he was shooting like something like thirty six percent coming into this game. And yeah, he didn't he help 11, himself tonight. Eleven of thirty one tonight. So just like, there's gonna be a lot of talk about. I mean, just Dame out soundly outplaying him. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of talk about like where they're standing and like in the league against each other. Like Dame is like, has he gone past him? It was Russ obviously was like all year Russ the shooting was just way down for I mean he's never been the most efficient player, but like this year's the shooting in general is way down and out have this series first round and out again. I think this is the third straight year he's gone out since Katie left and now two straight with Paul George out too. I mean, that's not a great look. Like 
I'm curious where they're going to go from here. What I, mean, I don't even know what kind of changes they can really make. Like they got under they got Adams is under contract for big money. They obviously have Russ and Paul George there long term. Like, I mean, what do you what do you see them where do you see them going from here? I th- I think the most frustrating part was, and I I'm curious here if you guys agree. I don't think Russ played a terrible game intellectually like he took shots he should make he took that elbow jumper he missed how many layups in a row including the one right down the stretch like if he's not going to hit that that elbow jumper and layups at the rim like I I don't know what you can do with him you know it, it wasn't one of those like he did end up with 31 shots he definitely forced a few but like he wasn't he wasn't trying to match Dame shot for shot, which is yeah, I would agree. Which is what he typically would do when a guy gets that hot, you know, right in his face. Particularly a guy he has kind of a back and forth with, um, and so it's just I I don't know other than like you, you either have to put faith that he's going to come around with his jumper, which I don't know. It's got worse every year. Well, I mean, it's just kind of the the layup thing is something that's kind of been around quietly with Russ just kind of missing like it's almost he goes too fast and he and he he ends up blowing it at the rim but you're right I think he played the shooting numbers aside I still think he played a fairly intelligent game and you know what this you have to give Portland credit too they just don't quit keep coming CJ McCollum had a terrible game but yet you know made some big fourth great down the stretch though yeah, big plays down the stretch, and I think it's just all, like they just kind of keep coming and coming. And is Cantor gutting it out after? I guess it looks like a shoulder injury or or, or yeah, whatnot, but something he, like that. He looked like in a ton of pain, but just kept battling. You know, it, it's just God. You you have to tip your hat to these guys. And to your question, Jason, I have no idea what OKC can. I mean, they're. I mean, you might have to try to move Adams to to free up some money somehow or get some pieces. Cause right now the way this team's constructed three years in a row, getting swept out of the, or not, not swept, but getting knocked out of the first round, it's, it's becoming a reoccurring theme. And, you know, I, it was funny at the start of the, the, the series, and I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I'll cut it here quick. You know, I kind of looked at it going like, this is a battle of really almost legacies between Westbrook and Lillard uh, going into the series, both having, you know, lost in the first round the past two years, like one of them is going to go through and, 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 and one's going to get left behind. And it's, you know, uh, I called it the battle of the bastards uh, on Twitter <laughs> the other day. And, and, you know, I think we, uh, we kind of could have guessed before I said it, who would have been Jon Snow and who would have been uh, Ramsey's for all the game of Thrones fans out there. Um, and it looks like it kind of played out just like the battle of the bastards. <laughs> Quick point: The Thunders. I forgot they have Dennis Schroeder for like thirty-one million the next two years. Like Roberson is who knows the hell his deal is yet. That they're just in like a weird spot for them right now. I don't know. Like they they, they clearly went all in on trying to put everything they could around Russ and PG, uh, given yeah. their cap constraints. And I mean, I don't know. Like they they shot. They were they were twelve of twenty-seven from three, which is about as good as you can expect from that team given the roster and right i mean that's good for most teams it is good for most teams like most teams probably want to get up to 30 shots um from three but beyond that like i mean this this is about as good a shooting night as you can expect from that roster and it it still wasn't enough and i mean you can point to if dame's gonna get 50 um and 
I was actually, I, I'm looking at now, he was seven, 17 of 33. It, it really felt like no, he made yeah, five shots the whole night. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you can do. Like if you're OKC here, because I, I feel like they played as their best game. Yeah, 55% series. overall. Like Jeremy Grant was seven of eight. Schroeder was seven of 10. Like both guys made some crazy shots. I mean, PG was 14 of 20. Like obviously Rustin shoot well, but yeah, I mean, it, you they had been they had only gone over a hundred points I think like three or the one time their one win they'd struggled offensively and then they put up a great offensive effort tonight just Dame goes for fifty and then they and they just kind of felt folded down the stretch and that was that and they're done. It really just the the critical mistakes down the stretch um, is is really what killed you. You know, again, the, I, I was shocked. Yeah. You know, George missed both those free throws. Um, and then it's, I mean, as, as just from the coaching perspective, nothing is more infuriating than drawing up a play only to turn the ball over on the very first pass. I mean, it was George too. He like fumbled it away. Like Seth Curry took it away from it, took it away from it. I think that was, was bad. Yeah. I mean, that's just bad all around. And I mean, it, the, the funny thing, just randomly thinking today, earlier today, like I was like, oh, it's been a while since a team's gone home on a game winner. Like that has to be a really shitty feeling. And then that's and then, uh-huh, well, that's what that's the feeling Oklahoma City has right now. Yeah, brutal. I wonder, like, do you think they'll fire Donovan? I don't. I don't even know if that would do anything. Like, I I don't know. Like, well, the problem is, who are you going to bring in? Right. Exactly. You know, and, and, and the thing is, whoever you bring in, Partic- particularly with a talent, like you you can bring in a genius schematic coach. Like your your talent's kind of built to play a specific way. Right, and then you're not going to change Westbrook's mindset. He's been in the league for ten years, playing this way for ten years, you know, or or whatever nine, however many years it is. Eleven. Um, Eleven. He's not changing, you know. So he's not going to change his mindset. So you're not going to bring in a coach, you know, who's going to try to change him. I, I I don't know, you know. I'm not the biggest Donovan fan, but I don't know if you can put this on him because it's just, it's just like as Sam said, it's just so limited what this roster can do. It's not like. They have any other ways to play. Yeah. So, so let's, let's move this forward unless anyone else has thoughts nope. on, uh, on Dame right good. now. <laughs> nah, um, no. He's awesome. What else can you say? It was incre- an incredible performance. One, and that's one of the craziest shots I can remember seeing. Just wild. The shot. type of game winner he hit it. Like it wasn't, yeah. what was it? 10 feet behind the line. It was like a third. It was almost it 40 was, feet. Probably. It was a very cocky shot. And a step back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In Paul George's face, like possible defensive player of the year type guy, like ridiculous shot. Oh. So Portland's going to play the winner of Denver, San Antonio. Denver kind of had a comfortable win tonight. Um, I don't know how much of that game you guys watched. I watched most of it. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the OKC Portland one did kind of steal tonight. How are you feeling about this? I After game one, everyone was kind of ready to write San Antonio's ready to pull the upset, but, but Denver played, I mean, we, we kind of saw peak Jokic tonight and they, they kind of looked like the team we saw a regular season. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they just, it seemed like they just weren't probably ready. I mean, young team that for in that first game, and then they were getting blown. It was game two that the game two was the Murray game, right? When he went right. off and kind of saved their ass. I mean, they were, they were probably dead in the water. Then if they lose that game, they go down two Oh, going to San Antonio. It seems like they finally have just gotten comfortable and just the talent is starting to finally win out. Like, yeah, you said no Jokic had almost a triple double. Like Murray had another really nice game today. They're just a really nice team effort. They finally started hitting some shots. They they hit 14 threes today. I think those first couple games, especially that first game, they shot terribly from three. And then happened again. Like Barton was really struggling 
And then uh, I think was it after game three or four, Malone made the made the the lineup change. But Torrey Craig had a really nice game. I think it was game. I think the last game, Barton's kind of found his groove again. So it just kind of feel, feels like they finally just kind of got in the comfort level after like after a little feeling out process. Maybe some jitters with all these young guys in their team. I I picked them to win in seven. Uh, I think it's pro- that's where, where it's kind of heading towards. I'd. I feel like I'd, I mean maybe the talent their talent takes over in Game Six on the road, but I would not be surprised me if the Spurs bounce back, win at home because I mean these both these teams are like two of the best road te- or home teams in the league, and they both struggled a bit on the road. So it would not surprise me if this comes back to a Game Seven. But the Nuggets definitely look much more like the the team that I expected them today. Just really solid team effort, moving the ball really well. Jokic running the whole thing, he was really good, and they just they flat out dominated basically from the start. Yeah, I, I think for the Spurs, they're going to be kicking themselves in their ass for letting game two slip yeah. the way it did. I mean, they were a quarter away from going home up 2-0 with a very inexperienced Denver team, um, you know, and, and it's very different doing that versus going home 1-1. Um, I know it's like, okay, well, you know, you, you stole one from home, but when you blew chance to really kind of, God, put a ton of pressure on on, on an inexperienced team, you know, that that hurt and that kind of worried me a little bit for the for the Spurs. You know, Malone made a big decision by bringing Barton off the bench and it's and it's paying off. You know, like you said, Jay, you know, Barton's kind of finding his groove. Jokic's passing has been great. I, I mean, it looks like Jamal Murray's kind of found a found a rhythm. I mean, you have to give the Nuggets credit winning, you know, two in a row is pretty big time for them, you know, uh, a, a big one in game four and then, and then coming at home and really kind of just putting it on them, especially in the second half of just like, we're going to take full control. Now uh, the hardest thing though, is, is especially for young teams is closing out and closing out on the roads. God, even tougher. I know this is all cliches and stuff, but you know what? Fuck it. Sometimes the cliches are, 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 are the truth. And, and it's going to be rocking in San Antonio. And if, and if they don't come, if they come out timid or not ready to go, uh, they might get run off the court very quickly. Um, I could see this going seven just because, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they blow their first chance at, you know, kind of uh, closing out a series. And then in a game seven, God knows anything can happen. Yeah, I kind of lean with you guys. I think San Antonio is going to take game six. Uh, they've been kind of Jekyll and Hyde with home and road. And obviously it's going to be in San Antonio and Denver, their lack of experience. Uh, what I want to ask you guys is um, – which matchup it plays better for Portland? Or does it even matter? That's a good question. I I've I've been kind of confused by the Spurs all year. Right. I, I honestly don't know what to like really think about them. Because like I feel like they just shouldn't be that good. I mean, obviously the the Spurs pop is like a wizard. Like they've like De, like DeRozan has been is is DeRozan like he was not good today. Like he's obviously had the playoff struggles in the past. Like I mean, Aldridge is fine. Like, they're, like Derek White's had some huge games. Like, I, I feel like they've they've overachieved with what they should have been this year, anyways. But then the Nuggets are like a young team. I, I guess winning maybe a first series might give them some confidence. Maybe they'll be a bit tougher against the Blazers. I am not I, off the top of my head. I'm not sure how they did like against each other in the regular season. So I'm I'm that's a, I'm not really really sure. Mo, you got anything better than me on that? I ha- I mean, I haven't done my homework on that one yet either. But I would just kind of say, just off the top of my head, I think. Denver would be tougher for Portland just because I'm not sure if they're going to have somebody that can really defend Jokic, um, you know, and, and, and we don't even know what's going on with Ennis Cantor at this point. Uh, but Jokic is a big problem for them 
in that situation. And then, you know, when I look at San Antonio, I mean, uh, Derek White's been great and kind of been a breakout star. Uh, Bryn Forbes has been all right, although he really struggled today. But those are two small guards, and and I could just see Dame, you know, them just posting Dame up against them over and over again um, and really kind of creating problems from there. So uh, if I'm Portland, I probably want San Antonio, and it would be fun to have the LaMarcus Aldridge kind of versus Portland sort of storyline. But I – you know, I, I, I think Jokic is going to be too difficult for them, uh, especially with Nurkic out, which, I mean, it would have been fun had Nurkic been healthy. We could have had a, a real battle between those two. But without him, uh, I, the redux of the Denver centers. Yeah, it would have been a lot of fun. Um, but uh, I think that, I think San Antonio would be the team that if you're Portland, that's the team you want you want to face. And just to throw it out there, Portland split with San Antonio this year and lost three one to Denver this year. Um, I don't know that there's anything to read from those because it's regular season. Both both those cities right. are kind of notorious back end of road trip type cities. Yeah. Or actually all three of them, really. So it's like yeah. you really can't read too much into Lost in Portland when you know it was the end of a West Coast trip. Let's move to the East. Ooh, so we got uh, we got the gentleman sweep today. Um, the East played out, played Not out like we, we thought it would. They weren't the greatest game. So I'm going to start with... Well, can we can um, we can we thank Toronto and Philly for that? That way, it allowed us to start going to the other games. Quick, I mean, yeah. didn't do it any favors. Four games yeah, they tonight. did their job today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, what's funny is both those series gave us great game one upsets. Right. Where um, we're we're questioning, oh no, same old Toronto. It doesn't matter that they have Kawhi or you know. And Lowry had zero points in game one like, again. Like a his weird, weird game one stuff with them. Like it's just bizarre. I don't get it. I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know ahead. what to say with them. And then on the other end, you know, Brooklyn had that great game one. We kind of thought we might be in for a series yeah. there, but I mean, ultimately, Toronto and Philly had probably four of the five best players in their collective series in in both series. So I, they they did what they had to. Does anyone have any thoughts on Brooklyn and Orlando going into the offseason? I feel like they both had positive seasons. There's not much else to say. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Nets, I guess the Nets are set up good for possible free agency. Like, I feel like they've gotten a lot of hype with, like, where they've come from since the awful trade with the Celtics and with Russell, some of his huge games, and they have cap space. Like, I don't know if anyone's actually going to go there, but, like, they're at least getting hyped up a lot more. So, like, to win whatever, 41, 42 games, whatever they won, go to the playoffs, you steal a game, you get some uh, get some experience for these young guys, and they'll have a really interesting offseason. They're going to have to pay Russell, and I'm assuming they're going to give him max or close to a max. Like, I, I, and Russell's good, but I don't know if he's quite that good. And then we'll see, I guess, what, the, what else to do with their cap space. The Magic, the Magic are kind of weird because they were kind of awful for a long portion of the year, and then they, they ended the season like one of the best teams in the East. I know the, the last couple, the last couple months of a regular season can often be weird, and that might have kind of chalked it up to that. But I know they played really good defensively. Vucevic was an All Star this year, and uh, I mean that also a positive season for them for sure. Like I'm not really sure where they go from here. I don't know where the, how they take a next step. Vucevic is a free agent. Like I'm not really sure if Aaron Gordon's actually that good, but. I mean, they hadn't been in the playoffs since Dwight, so at least to get back in the playoffs, win a, win a game, and that was good for them. It was a nice story for Orlando. I think they have a lot more work to do to to, to kind of get back into the playoffs next year. They got a great coach in Stephen Clifford, mm-hmm. but I think 
you know, I'm, I'm excited for Brooklyn, you know, for everything that Jay said, you know, they have a ton of free agent, uh, excuse me, cap space, uh, to bring in a free agent, whether they get a guy or not, it's a whole different story. Uh, they're going to have to decide what they want to do with Russell. And that's kind of, that can be a bit scary, uh, with him just cause this was the one year where we really felt like he, he had a breakout year, but it's, it's also kind of when it's a contract year, you're sort of like, I don't know. Um, but I still think the Nets are probably in the best position out of everybody um, to kind of make it into the playoffs next year. And if they could add a free agent or two um, or, or some good, just marginal pieces around the edges, I think, you know, they're going to be a team to, to really kind of pay attention to. I mean, if Karis Levert doesn't freaking dislocate his ankle in the beginning of the season, you know, they, they might've finished higher in the East um, than six, you know, they might've been able to contend. For, they might've been able to fight in for a, five or four spot um you know we we, we kind of just don't know uh what would have happened with him but you know i think the future is bright for them uh, you know orlando was a nice story I'd, I'd be impressed if they made it again to the playoffs next year i just think they got a lot of questions and and wherever they're you know there's that whole question mark of where nikolai Vucevic ends up you, you know so you know as a free agent yeah i know there are a lot Small of teams that are <laughs> oh god <laughs> And that did not go well for Mo Bamba this season. And I know he had like a leg yeah. injury or some weird crap. It's a rough, it's a rough it's rookie year, but you know, he's I, got I, time. I did like Jonathan Isaac really opened my eyes this, this, this series. So I was surprised by him. Yeah, he was good. I mean, it's, I, th- I think we both feel the same way. We like players on both teams. So we're not really sure who, if either team has like the guy to build around. Yeah. I think that's kind of the right, you yeah. put it the best way, Sam, after I spoke for freaking 20 minutes. <laughs> The Bulls are coming for the magic spot next year in the playoffs. Easy J, easy J. <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry. I'm, I'm not. I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those fans. But a lot of people. There are a lot of Bulls fans who will be like that. Um, so, so Toronto and Philly. Um, did we learn anything about either of them in the first round? Anything we didn't know? Uh, Simmons had a really nice bounce back after that. After all the nonsense in like game one, like I feel like he played really well. Uh, besides that, I mean, just I feel like the Sixers, just their starters were really good. Like Harris bounced back really well too. Like, prop MB dominated, even though he had the knee things. Like, we know, I feel like we know their starting lineups really good. They, I know they didn't play that much in the regular season. I think they played like ten games in the, together in the regular season. They're good. They're probably gonna be good. But I know the Raptors starting line is also awesome. So I, I feel like I worry about the Sixers bench. I don't, like Boban was nice in this series, and like. Who else, like Mike Scott off the bench? Like, I, I, I worry about the Sixers bench. Uh, when you get into the Sixers bench and who they rely on, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Not, not the it's like both was the Raptors have an awesome starting lineup too, but then they also have better bench players. So I've, I've, I don't know. I feel like the Raptors are, I don't want to say they're going to easily win that series, but the Sixers, is, they do have so much top level talent where like they, they should be able to compete pretty well, but I feel like the Raptors are going to win that series. And like, I was going to say five games just to feel frisky, but. It'll probably be like six, maybe Raptors in six, I would guess, like off the top of my head. I have to think about it more, but I feel like the Raptors are going to win that series. Everybody wants to talk about how little Philly's starting unit has played together, but we're not going to talk, but we, we don't talk about how much Gasol and, Gasol and Kawhi haven't that played true. that much together. I think that's about 10 games um, with the amount of times they've had Kawhi kind of in and out of the lineup. And the, the It's an interesting series in the sense of, you know, Gasol has done a good job against Embiid quite regularly, so that's a that's going to be a challenge. It's, it's very different bumping up against uh, going from Jared Allen to 
going up against uh, uh, Marcus All. So that's going to be a challenge for them. I think you know Philly's going to. It, it sucks because they're they're a little bit weak in the in depth. But I also like the way they kind of stagger their minutes with guys, and and they always kind of have at least two of those guys between Butler, Harris, Simmons, and Embiid always on the court and always kind of ready to to pounce. So they they do have that, and they kind of recycle those guys. I know you you weren't impressed with the bench, but you know Mike Scott. That's that's he's been huge for them. Besides, he did have that game winner in uh, game the last four. whatever yeah, game, game four. four. Yeah, and and but besides that, you know. It, it's going to be kind of underreported because they beat the crap out of New, uh, Brooklyn today. But, you know, he, he left that game with a heel contusion. So that's that's something to keep an eye on because that just makes another, you know, another weakens their bench just even a little bit more. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. I, I, I'm i going to pick Toronto, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as everybody thinks. I think this one's going to go at, at least six, maybe even seven. Yeah, Um I'm with Mo on this. The lack of continuity on both sides makes it just hard to read. I I'm siding with Toronto, but I mean, Gasol played what 20 games for them. And Kawhi was probably in the lineup for half of those. Um, we know what Philly had to deal with, with Jimmy coming in mid season and Tobias coming in at the trade deadline. Uh, it's a hard read. They kind of match up really well against each other. You know, um, probably the two best centers left in the playoffs at this point. Um, Siakam is probably suited to guard Simmons as well as anyone and vice versa, you know, Jimmy and Kawhi natural matchups. Uh, someone's going to guard Tobias. Someone has to guard JJ Redick. Uh, it should be a fun one. You know, the one thing I'd say too about Toronto is, you know, Gasol, the big impact for Gasol onto that team is just, they really move the ball a lot more, you know, before he got there, it really was kind of like, a lot more one-on-one play, especially when Kawhi was in the game. Now with Gasol and like you, he he kind of just brings the hey, guys, we're we're going to start passing a little bit more. You know, I think today they finished with 31 assists, which is uh, tied a, a a team high for for Toronto for assists in the playoffs. And I, so I think that kind of helps in that sense. And again, for Philly too, I think you know when you said did we learn anything from them this series? You know, we learned they're a little tougher than we give them credit for. Right. You know, I think it, it, listen. After game one, everybody was ready to come at them. They were getting booed by their fans. Simmons had those comments. That wasn't great. We were ready to just kind of turn on them. Like Simmons is weak. He's soft. He doesn't play hard. Um, And Bede's injured. We don't know what's going on with that. I mean, they they took a punch, you know. And and I know Toronto lost game one, but did anybody really? Nobody was really concerned they were going to lose the series. Whereas with Philly, everybody was like, "Oh man, we here we go again." Picking. Yeah, people were picking Brooklyn before the series even began. You know, people were like, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn's feeling yeah, spry. Was- like, this is a team, they're a bad matchup, all that stuff. And you know what? Philly put it on them for two games. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in games two and in today, it wasn't even close. You know what I mean? I never felt worried in watching those games, um, especially today. I mean, today they, they crushed them from the outset and that was it. Yeah, it was like 14 nothing. Yeah, and it just kind of was – and it was like they're never going to really kind of come back into it. So we did learn a little bit about Philly in the sense of like they can take a punch and they can come back from it. So I think that's something that that we won't that won't get a lot of pub or anything about it. But I think it's something that says a lot about the character of the team um, going forward. I mean, Jimmy had a great game one and they lost and everybody was ready for him to go nuts. And, you know, 
they ended up just sticking together and being able to pull it out. So I think that says a lot about that. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I'm going to pivot this. Uh, Enos Cantor, arm in a sling, says he separated his shoulder and he had an injection at halftime. Oh, that's <laughs> That is tough. We get a lot of Myers Leonard going forward I think, here. I think, Good lord, <laughs> Mister IG I think model Denver should be more motivated now to win Game Six at any other point. Get to that second. This played out perfectly for Denver with the way they kind of played out those last couple of games of the season. I'm not a Denver believer, but they can easily walk right into the conference finals. Yeah, I want to ask you because um, Cantor had a really good series um, and played better on defense than I expected. And then when you start thinking about it, it's like, well, if he doesn't have to guard to the three-point line, it's a lot easier to stay inside. Uh, but he's probably not going to – well, actually, no, he might get that that luxury even if he, if he can play in the next series, right? No? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little harder in 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 the pick and rolls w- with that because it's not with Denver with Denver because you have enough guys that can come off and 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 drill that three, whereas in OKC, except for Paul George, you're pretty much inviting that shot. Before we get out of here, um, the other Eastern Conference series, Boston Milwaukee, um, both of them swept and setting up for. I think this will be the most entertaining series of the second round. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, you know, Houston and Golden State, on the other hand, will be good, but it's it's going to probably be some really ugly basketball given how Houston plays. Um, I think this one's going to be kind of the one that will steal the show. Uh, you guys have any thoughts? I'm going with the Celtics on this one, I think. Um, you know, and, I, and, and, and allow me to make my case. I don't think it's crazy. You know, yeah, well, it, it, we've gone too far in the – these bucks are unbeatable. Vegas is giving Milwaukee a healthy uh, cushion, just to be clear. And, and and I'm fine with that. And if I had any money to my name, I'd probably put some on Boston, but that's not really the case. Um, but the, uh, the way I look at it is I don't trust teams that can play only one way. And the way Milwaukee plays is Giannis draws enough attention and kicks it out to their shooters. And they're not as good a three-point shooting team as everybody thinks. They're, they're a high volume shooting team. They're not a, a, they don't make a lot. They're like middle of the pack or just outside the tent, you know, top 10. They're about average three point shooting team. So they need a lot of those shots. And I think there's ways to scheme against this team. And I think Boston has enough guys, even with smart out, they have enough guys to kind of create a good scheme. And, and, and I'm very curious to see what will Milwaukee, what would Milwaukee have to do? when they have to do something different than what they've been doing all year has worked. And when it stops working, I don't trust them to really kind of figure it out because they've never had to deal with that this year. You know, they haven't really had to deal with adversity or anything like that. So, and, and, and Boston's been partly mostly self inflicted, (laughs) but have had to deal with a lot of adversity on their own. But I feel like they're, they're, they're slowly starting to get in a groove. I know they weren't the most impressive wins against Indiana, but also, you know, Indiana is just a tough team that that kind of grinds things out. And I think I can just see Milwaukee sort of pulling. I mean, excuse me, I can see Boston pulling them out by just coming up with a couple of schemes that that really put Milwaukee in different situations that they haven't been in all year. And and, you know, I think that's why I think it's going to it's I, I think it goes seven, but I think it's going to be Boston at the end of that. When do you think smart comes back? I, I mean, I was I've been listening for stuff, and 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 I I actually would be surprised if he plays in this series. I mean, 
a torn oblique is not something you can just kind of come back from. Um, right. It's not an injection at halftime and you can play through the separated shoulder like Cantor. Um, and, you know, just with the amount of movement you'd have to do, I mean, that thing's going to get hit over and over again in a playoff game, let alone in just a series. So I actually don't expect him back. I won't be surprised if Brogdon comes back. If I, I kind of would expect Brogdon to come back, but I'm I'm curious to see what he looks like having, you know, leg injuries are brutal to come back from because it also hurts your conditioning. And, you know, he's been out, what, like six weeks at this point? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, that's that's a lot. And then you're not even throwing him into a regular season game. You're throwing him right into a, a playoff game. And mind you, for the second round. Versus a team who can defend. Yeah, a team that's going to defend. Not just who, who – I mean, they're going to try to lock you up. They're going to put guys out there that are going to make things difficult. And again, for Milwaukee, not a lot of playoff experience past the first round. So it's going to be, again, it's yeah. just, it's stuff that I, I will be very interested in seeing it, but I, I, I think Boston's going to pull it out. Um, I might be eating crow in the next blue wire buckets, but we'll see. I, I don't think it's crazy at all. Like, I mean, the Celtics, I've been waiting for the Celtics like all year to finally put it together. And like, I feel like a lot of people were, they're obviously super talented uh, and they get the sweep in the first round. I've been team Bucks all year, though. I'm I'm sticking with them, but I do think it's going to be a really good series. I, I mean, I'm just a huge Giannis fan. He's been so good. And they've just, like, they, the way that they've just embraced Buds on both ends of the floor, elite offensively and defensively. Like, because the Celtics, is like, as talented as they are, they have. I feel like they have had their struggles offensively. It is nice that Hayward is starting to look more like Hayward. I feel like that's probably huge, and that could definitely really help if they're going to pull off an upset. I'm definitely still leaning towards the Bucks just because they've they've been so good all year. They've been so consistently good all year, both ends. Like I feel like they're going to end up pulling it out because Giannis is awesome and they've they've been really good. But I mean, it would I would not surprise me that much if the Celtics won. They're obviously super talented in their own right, and we know Kyrie is big shot maker. He's done this before. Uh, so when it comes down to it in these close games, I mean, there's not that many other guys you want other than Kyrie Irving taking some of those big shots down the stretch. So while I'm sticking with the Bucks, probably. Six or seven games, it wouldn't be that crazy. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if really any of these teams, these last four teams that are in the East, if they come out of the East, because I mean they're all really good. They all got some crazy top level talent. I think these these two series both should be should hopefully be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. And to tie to Mo's point on Milwaukee not having to play different styles, I think Kyrie is uniquely suited to force them. Um, I think a lot of our frustrations with Boston are they, they just they've kind of played like an ugly, non-consistent style all year. And at some point, I think we just kind of have to acknowledge that's kind of how Kyrie plays. Yeah. But it might be an advantage in the playoffs because if he actually forces you into that game, he's better at it than you in like 90 percent of situations. Definitely against Milwaukee, like they don't have someone who can play at that tempo, who's as comfortable playing at that tempo as him. So I do wonder if that comes into it. I kind of feel like if, if Milwaukee can run on them, uh, it's over. But if Boston can actually force it into the half court, it's it's not good for Milwaukee. And we'll be interested to see what they do against Giannis. Obviously, I feel like we're going to see Horford. Horford's going to get a lot of time on him probably. Or is that – who's, who's going to get like the primary probably, It's probably going to be Horford. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how they – how they defend him there and and what they do. I think it's going to be a rotating, you know, crop of guys. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. And, and, and I, I think you have read foul Boston, trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think with Boston, you have the, the luxury of putting different types of guys on him, which kind of makes it a little harder for, 
for Giannis, you know, having to think, okay, now I got Horford. Okay. I got to do this. Okay. Now I got Jalen Brown. I need to do this because he can take this away or, or this opens that up and things like that. I think kind of keeping him guessing is something that's going to be interesting. And, and to your point, Sam, like if they want to keep, you know, uh, Milwaukee out of transition, you know, big part of that is going to be really kind of slowing it down on offense, but you actually have to score on offense. And that's going to be a, an interesting, uh, challenge for how they do it uh you know the bucks are the best uh, defensive team at the rim um look out for something i'm gonna plug some stuff here because look out for something eventually coming out on the washington post of where i think boston can actually uh do some damage against milwaukee and uh, on that end of the court um so expect that to come out at some point but i think that's something that we really have to keep an eye on is how they attack them offensively is really what's going to affect them defensively you know if this goes up and down it's over in five you know, if, if, if they can't slow them down. But if, if, if they can kind of get this, they can control the pace, Boston's got a great chance. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to get out of here on here on that. Um, we'll, we'll have a couple more of these episodes to actually get into breaking down this series. But, yeah, subscribe to Blue Wire Buckets. Uh, new episode out on Friday. 